these are the songs of our lives. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Songs of Our Lives. I'm Brad Rose. I'm a musician, a composer, a writer, the founder of Foxy Digitalis, and somebody who thinks about music and sound far more than is healthy. Each week, I invite on a guest to talk about the songs that have meant the most to them and sort of follow them through their lives. Something like that. Uh, this week, I'm super excited to have Beth Hetland, who is a writer and cartoonist and an educator and a whole bunch of things. And somebody that I met last fall when she was in Tulsa, uh, our mutual friend, Carl Antonowitz, who did the intro for this episode. Um, he brought her here as part of a, a series he did last year called comics chat. And she put on like the coolest workshop I've ever been to is a zine workshop. And it was basically a way to make a bunch of zines with one piece of paper. So like different like folding techniques and cutting and folding techniques and all these things. And it, I still think about it all the time. It blew my mind. It was so good. Um, my kid went and thought it was like the greatest thing ever, which, you know, that's a big deal. Cause my kid's kind of jaded and is only 10. So that's the thing. Um, anyway, it was awesome. And I'm excited. The best going to be back here in, in a month or so. And Yeah. Um, I do want to mention that she has her uh, new book coming out called Tender, which is on Fantagraphics. It comes out on March 12th. It is available for pre-order now, and you should totally check it out because, man, Beth rules, and you should check all her stuff out. And so, anyway, we recorded this a couple months ago on Zoom, and it was super fun. Super fun. Like, I, yeah, I, all of these are fun, so I guess I say that all the time, but this is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, hope you all enjoy it. My guest today is a cartoonist, a writer, an educator, a zine workshopper, and uh, an aficionado of human-sized charcuterie boards. Everyone, welcome Beth Hetland. It's me. How's it going? Really well. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, it's sunny out. You know, sun is shining, and what a no. Look, yeah, my life's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm like a really big winter fan. So even though there's no snow, which I'm sad about, um, it is sunny, which is a rarity in Chicago as soon as we pass October. So I right. guess I'll be happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I forget you're in Chicago. Chicago is probably my favorite city in the world. Uh, I love Chicago so much. It's incredible. I mean, it's very gray most of the year, but it's also, I don't know, we get everything. You can do everything here. I'm I'm a huge yeah. fan. I mean, I live here. Been living here. <laughs> right. How long have you been there? Are you from there? No, I'm from Wisconsin okay. originally, but you know, good old, good old Midwesterner. Yeah. Um, yes. I went to college at the School of the Art Institute, which is where I now work. Um, oh, and nice. so I did my undergrad there way back. Um, I left that school in 2009. So I graduated 2009 there. And then I left for two years, which is where I met our mutual friend, Carl Antonowitz. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and went, was at the goofy uh, cartoon school, which is <laughs> some people get confused with clown school. It was it, in some ways it's both. But um, yeah. And then I, I came back to Chicago kind of right away and started my position teaching. So the like awesome. the short version is I've been here for like almost 20 years now. But, uh, you know, it's yeah. it's uh, it, it's getting up there, which is crazy. I, to me. <laughs> yeah, I love Chicago. Ugh, it's been too, I, I need to. My daughter has never been there. We haven't taken her. Oh, oh my and, gosh. Um, yeah, we had plans to go and then COVID happened. Of course. And uh, yeah. But anyway, good, okay. I mean, the good thing about oh, Chicago, though, is that it's always here. So you know. yeah, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And and the gray thing, like, so my wife is from Seattle. Oh, and <laughs> I, yeah. I lived and I lived there for a year, and everyone's like, "Oh, how did?" You? I was like, "I loved the, like, the the rain got a bit much at points. I think there was one point where it literally rained for a hundred days straight, like not wow. the whole day, but." But just like some part of yeah. the day. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I like gray, I'm good with like wet gets annoying. But anyway. <laughs> um, so the like you do a lot of things. Um, I've I don't know if I've mentioned it on here, but you did a zine workshop. Yeah. Earlier this year, and I'm assuming you do it. I don't know how often you do it, but it's the coolest workshop I've ever been to. Um Thank you. My kid oh, it's so good. My kid still talks about it. Like <laughs> Yeah, and nothing makes an impression on her other than Taylor Swift. So wow, I'm uh, up there with yeah. T Swift. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're not going to talk about that. I just wanted to mention it. Yeah. I want to talk about your book because well, you have your oh, before, go ahead. before you, we get to that though. Like, okay. um, fun fun little teaser is that so since you're in Tulsa, which is a place that I almost like that was my first visit to Tulsa. I had a great time. Sure. And guess what? I'm coming back next year. Um. What? Yeah, so I'm going to be in town in Tulsa for Tulsa Lit Fest, which is in April. Um, I'm not sure when this will be coming out, but I assume some of your listeners are going to be in yeah. Tulsa. So there will be not the same workshop, but probably a different workshop, um, as well as like I'll be doing a reading and talking about my book, which we're going to talk about oh a little gosh. bit. But I'll be back in town. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have to hang out. And I'm sure. Absolutely. Carl will be in the loop very much. Oh yes, so. oh yes, oh yes. But, um, but that's, that's awesome. I just got word about that like literally two days ago. So I'm really excited about it. Oh, that's awesome. So are you gonna do like a different like a different zine workshop or just a different workshop generally? Or you I don't haven't know? figured it out yet. Um, I okay. have you got time. Yeah, I have a bunch that are kind of like in my arsenal and you know, I wanna be mindful. Like the book that we're gonna talk about is is a horror book. And so uh-huh. the workshop it needs to be all ages. Um and this book most certainly right. is not all okay so yeah um so i want to be mindful of like how am i balancing kind of the involvement and excitement and enthusiasm while also still being true to some of the work that i'm making so i don't know it it may be some different zine formats that we didn't even get to in that workshop because i have so many more um i'm sure (laughs) but uh it could be it could be a more like writing centric since it's lit fest it might be drawing centric Mm -hmm. not sure yet but Awesome. Well, I'm excited and I know Ooh. that my daughter will be excited too. Yes. Um well, okay, so let's talk about it. So this is your first graphic novel, right? Yeah, well, first one that somebody first. else is publishing. So Okay. Yeah. So I'm all, I'm and did you and so it's oh my gosh, the covers it's like yeah, nobody can Thank see this, you. but I know. she's showing this. I'm just so I'm holding good. it up because I just got my advanced copy yesterday in the mail and I'm like I was telling Brad yeah. I'm completely glued to it like i can't stop 
looking at it. I can't stop holding it, which feels really vain, but like, it's like, Oh, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's for, as a music person, it's the same as like whenever someone would put out a record of mine and I would get a test pressing and I just, it's the most exciting and, and then, well, the test pressing is not as exciting as that because it doesn't have a cover. It's just a record. And then when you get the actual thing, like seeing a thing in person, like the physical thing, like that's why, you know, I, that's why physical media is still the best. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And like, I'm sure also you can relate is like, you know, especially with music, it's such an intangible thing. Like you're making this and you're putting it out there. And yes, there are tangible artifacts. And similar mm-hmm. to this is, this is my first book where I did it entirely digitally too. So like, I don't even have like oh, wow. some art pages to like hold and caress. It's like, it lives in the cloud. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. I mean, wow. it's backed up in a thousand places, but it's also like, sure. you know, I don't have that physicality. And as somebody who is very rooted in like zine culture and artist books, like I am so used to, I make a thing, I produce a thing, I yes. have the thing. And it's such, it has been such a journey to have to sit and wait and like, let, let go of some <laughs> of that process, um, which I'm, right. I'm learning is not my strong suit as like a person, um, <laughs> but is, you know, it's, it's so magical to be like, oh my gosh, like I've been working on this book for like five years and like here, oh gosh, here it yeah. is for someone to read in like 30 minutes no <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's wow. i say that i say that yeah. with love it's like that's the goal right it's comics it's, right. it's not prose it's meant to be like a digestible material but but it is sort of yeah. this funny disconnect of like the way of making something and then now suddenly right. having that thing <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think about, you know, people spend years making an album that lasts 40 minutes and, um, but it's it's the way it works, I guess. Um, so do do you, and now pardon my ignorance here, because I, like comics world is outside of my world. Like I know meeting Carl a couple of years ago was sort of my real entryway Mm. into, um, so I I know everybody works differently. Do you draw and write? Like, cause I know, Cause I know Carl, like he'll be like, people take jobs where it's like, well, I got to illustrate this thing that somebody wrote or mm. I got to, mm-hmm. so this is all you. Yeah. Like. So predominantly, so my, I'm like a very slow writer. And so this is written and drawn entirely by me. Um, And mm-hmm. then I also work with a collaborator who's kind of my longtime collaborator buddy um, who I have a lot of other projects with. And we kind of, it's, we have a lot of like, um, like a natural rhythm where it's typically like I'll do a solo thing and then we'll do a collaborative thing, but the collaborative Mm -hmm. things move at such a different rate than solo work for me. So oftentimes I'm kind of plugging away slowly on a solo thing while I'm also producing work collaboratively, but it's less of my my collaboration with Kyle. um, I don't think I even said his name, Kyle O'Connell, who's my (laughs) long-term collaborator. um, He, uh, he and I collaborate in a way that's not like he writes a thing, gives it to me. And then there's not like feedback. It's not like I'm being hired as an illustrator. Mm-hmm. It's really at the root of it is like both of us invested in each part. And so yeah. like I can write and he can draw, but we're just faster than the other one at those at mm. our particular skill set. Gotcha. And so that's kind of where our collaboration intersects. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but this one, so t- Tender itself, this, is is a solo one. Yeah. Is all okay? And so for 
everybody listening what's what's it about yeah like i've read i've read the description but i'm not gonna i don't want to like just read the description then yeah yeah i'd rather you tell it (laughs) (laughs) so tender is about this woman carol ann who wants a picture perfect life and um will do anything to get it um that's kind of my like short buzzy one it's it's a psychological thriller it's got body horror elements i do want to point out there are some pretty massive trigger warnings um because it's pretty messed up uh there's uh you know just just casual like you know animal death uh like i said body horror so there's like self self mutilation self-harm um and then there's also uh um like a stillbirth that's kind of like the really big uh, one but but there's also you know fun stuff like uh, a wedding and like instagram and like crafting um (laughs) yeah i you've been posting some pages on instagram or like some and it's made me really excited to read it so thank you I, i highly recommend everybody check that out and yeah i just i'm sure that you so it comes out march 12th yep of so i'm sure yeah. you are gosh that's does that feel close or far away to you i think <laughs> i mean that's a, it's it's starting to feel a lot closer because i feel like now that it's like it's we're recording this like at towards the mid end of december and it's like mm-hmm. okay well everyone's gonna be kind of like off the grid and mia for a couple of weeks and then suddenly right. it's a new year it's january and then february is a really short month and so it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, like that feels really close now. I think if you had asked me even two weeks ago, I would have been like, it's forever. Uh, right, right. <laughs> so I think yeah. that's the perception of time is kind of wild, but it is it is available for pre-order. Um, you can yeah. request it at your local bookstore or comic book shop, or um, you can order directly from fantagraphics.com. And if you order from fantagraphics, there's some like bonus stuff that you get oh, nice. as like incentive for ordering through the publisher. Um, but yeah, it will be released on March 12th, awesome. 2024. Okay. So there will, I will definitely put links to that in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm sure once January hits, it's going to just be like light speed. I know. And, and it's also like, I'm getting ready for like launch events and like book tour stuff. Right. And so it's kind of like, there's a part of me that's like, it's so far away. And then I'm like, Oh wait, I need to get all this stuff planned. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you, uh, I'm curious about your process a little bit. Do you, and especially this is obviously a music podcast. Do you listen to like a lot of music while you're, Oh my gosh, yes. So much. Do you have like go-to, do you, I'm curious if you have like, cause I have like go-to albums when I need to like, just like crank through shit. Like I'm, yeah. do you have stuff like that? Yeah. I, for me, it's like, because comics is such a long process, there are kind of like different (laughs) phases of music that Uh I'll listen to that help, um, kind of keep my momentum going especially with a long project so Mm -hmm. for me and i think this isn't totally unusual but when i'm actually like writing writing um i need stuff that i can tune out really easily that's like Mm -hmm. usually either instrumental or just kind of like hashtag vibes i guess yeah Um, yeah (laughs) so so for this book in particular i have like a playlist of like soundtracks from horror movies that are really informative for this work um oh that's awesome and then when i get to penciling penciling is like the most active part of my brain after writing and so i need something that's like high energy like upbeat like sing along Mm -hmm. kind of like lose yourself in 
like the the tunes and just like hit like my classics you know i'm I'm a millennial yep. so like 80s music is like a big one like mm-hmm. you know early 2000s late 90s all of that stuff um and then when i get to inking i actually because inking is so relaxing or like the fi- like coloring and inking for me are kind of the same process it's like mm-hmm. basically tracing my artwork i already made decisions on so it's much more relaxing and i typically will do audiobooks then and i'm like oh nice i'm a person who's like if an audiobook's not 20 hours it's not worth my time <laughs> oh wow <laughs> so it's like a lot of audiobooks for a lot of hours like yeah. i will blast through like i mean an 8 hour audiobook is like less than a full drawing day for me so oh my god yeah it's and like podcasts wow. too like so I like a yeah. narrative I can kind of get lost in. I mm-hmm. kind of like have that. But yeah, for this this particular book, it those phases are, I think, that's cool. this is just an example, I think. A lot of the other work follows similar paths. Yeah, that's really interesting. See, like I said, I don't, I, the processes are so of like comics. It's, it's so, yeah, I find it all really fascinating. I love learning about other people's creative practices, especially when they're outside of like music. Because yeah. I know you know, yeah, I don't, I think about music enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I, okay. I think music is really important to me. I grew up in like a very music household and like, oh, really? yeah, my mom is a music teacher and um, she oh, wow. was a performer. We all grew up playing instruments and singing. And like one of my, my first kind of like solo graphic novel was my thesis for grad school. And it's all about mm-hmm. like using music as a metaphor for how you find like the things you're passionate about and kind of using my family as like a way to trace our interest in music and things. So. Oh my God. That's like so in my wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah, I'll send you a PDF (laughs) or I'll send you the book, but um, it's, it's funny because like I've like lapsed in playing music. I used to play violin for a really long time um, and Mm -hmm. I kind of miss it, but I also recognize there's only like, I can really only devote myself to one thing that like messes up my hands. <laughs> and I think that's <laughs> Yeah. As that's opposed fair. to like, you know, just <laughs> violin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I that's a I mean that's that's a lesson I still need to learn. I keep I mean, it's one of those things of yeah, I totally get it though, where it's like, ah, I because I have things where it's like I used to do this thing and I really miss doing it. Mm-hmm. And for me, and it's like it's just like I don't there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. I'm really, I'm trying to get better at saying no to things, Mm. like even to people and, but just to myself. And it's, um, work in progress. Let's just say. It's for sure. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, that's cool. That's really awesome that your mom's a music teacher too. That's rules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thanks mom. You've got, you've got the educator genes in you, I guess. Yeah. It's big time. (laughs) It's big time in there for sure. (laughs) Um, okay, well, that's a good segue. Let's let's get into this. Okay. And and to start, as always, what is the first song that you remember? Well, this one is the one that's been haunting you since I sent my list. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. But I I had a really so I love this list of questions, but I had a really hard time. Like I don't know if it's just that I have like a crappy memory or like my brain is elsewhere. I don't know, but I was like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, these are so difficult. Um, but Kokomo by the Beach Boys is one of the songs that I remember is like one of my earliest ones. So I don't know if I can a hundred percent say it's the sure. first song, but yeah, I... there is a very uh, because I grew up in a music household. My dad is like classic dad, like um, you know, eighties yep. rock 
dad dad metal um and uh my mom has like a really eclectic music taste but the beach boys is one um that she really likes and there's a lot of recordings of me as like a very very small child attempting to sing kokomo oh man oh wow and it's it's that and like don't worry be happy are kind of the two that were like my jam my early karaoke jams i guess (laughs) awesome i yeah god this is um i have such distinct memories of listening to this on a cassette Mm. like on repeat in the back of my parents van on a family trip yes and and you had and you know because it was a and I it was the cocktail soundtrack. I didn't have like the Beach Boys albums on. I had the soundtrack. And I didn't care about anything else on the soundtrack. So it was like constantly rewinding it to just hear this song uh, over and over. It's such a good and, song and like I think there's so many beautiful moments in it and like I love it as like an adult now I can really appreciate like each section of the song, but like as a kid it was like I don't know why it just really like lyrically and like melodically like that was like the best. Yeah, I was. Yeah. One of the things when I was listening to it, I, I, I kind of have a thing for songs that just start listing places. <laughs> um, and like, I'm, cause I have <laughs> geography is a thing I'm really obsessed with. I have for like f- for years, my wife and I, I don't know. This is like a really, I hadn't thought about this in years until I started thinking about this. This is why I like doing the shows. Cause it sends me on <laughs> down memory lane. But she took, she took some class in her undergrad that was like a geography class. Some, I was like, I don't know what it was, but she had this app. We, she had to buy an Atlas for it. And we would, there were so many times where we would just be like laying in our bed and just be like, Hey, let's look at the Atlas. <laughs> And we would just like go and like look through it and pull it out and start looking at random talking about random places and yeah. And so I still love like maps and geography and that's such that a this this song gets me there, I guess. That's such a funny <laughs> like that's a really cute story and it's so nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, of course I say that with love and also the like, <laughs> you know, I love the subsect of like a music genre that's like, yeah, listing places. Let's do right <laughs> and it's a thing like there's the, there's like the johnny yep. cash song yep. that, like that's the first one that comes to mind but there's um there's yeah there's a bunch and but yeah i it, yeah i have no you know i made some the comment about having this stuck in my head for a week but i'm not too mad about that so like <laughs> there's way worse things oh, stuck in my and head. especially on my list uh when you were like oh i have this haunting me i was like oh boy there's a bunch on here that could that could really send somebody off <laughs> oh, so we'll, we'll yeah get there yeah we'll probably get there um okay well are you do you are you a are you a big crier yeah oh yeah <laughs> okay um so are, like what so i'm sure there's this was there's probably multiple songs but what is a song that will often like I have songs where it's like if I can just feel like I need to cry, I can put on this certain song and just fucking lose it. Uh, so I but. I feel like it's it really depends so much about like what's happening in my life and where I'm at, like mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally. Um, <laughs> because like because I am a big crier, I feel like I I'm pretty. I don't <laughs> I don't know that I have experienced not where I'm like I really need to cry. Oh. Like I'm not that. I I don't. It's so, more like. Fair. I wish I would stop crying. Like, can I please turn it off for a minute? Um, so some of the some of the ones I have, I have a couple on here. I don't remember. I think I sent you both of these. Is one of them is "I Will Follow You Into the Dark" by Death Cab for Cutie, um, mm-hmm. which I think is like 
uh, it's very emotional. It's very beautiful. It's, it's like, um, talking about, you know, when there's nowhere else to go and nothing else to trust, like you can trust this person. Um, and like, no matter who they are, like you'll follow them, like to, to death and beyond kind of a thing is like very, mm-hmm. oof. um, and then yeah. the other one is, do you realize by the flaming lips? Um, which I think is really nice and is also one of the ones that the reason it, that one makes me cry is that my partner um, made like the playlist for like our wedding party. Um, uh-huh. And she basically was like, this is my 15 hour love letter to Beth. And this is one of the songs oh, on man. there. And I was just like the first time I heard it, I was like, <laughs> just yeah. thinking about like the impact of that from her to me specifically. So, Yeah. I, Death Cab for Cutie is a band that just kind of, I I don't know, like it just passed me by. I, mm. It's a band I tried to, I will say. Are we the same that, age? Did it did it somehow skip you? Um, I'm 37. I, I'm 44, okay. so I'm a little. Just slightly. So, so maybe. Yeah. And, and, and it was, and I, like I tried, I would go back. Yeah. And, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know if I really had, I, I was thinking about this the other day because other stuff in this vein has come up on recent episodes and like, I don't think I ever had like an emo phase. I don't know if this mm. is really emo. So, it is. Yeah, but, it is. <laughs> um, and, and, and one, like a thing I talk about all the time that I am, I'm like a big fan of like being earnest and being vulnerable, like, especially yeah. like in your music and your art, but there's also a line <laughs> and I don't know. And, and so I was talking about this with about nine inch nails the other day and how <laughs> Trent, like, I can't, I can't with Trent Reznor. Like, oh, interesting. Um, and, and I, and that really surprised me. And I realized this the other day, like I, cause I used to love like nine inch nails, but it, his stuff comes off as just sort of whiny now. Um, yeah. this gets, this is like on the line, mm. but I will say like, this is of all the death cab for cutie songs I've listened to in my life. I like this one the best. Oh, you're just was, you're just saying that because we're no, on a Zoom call, you liar! No, literally, <laughs> I was I was I was surprised. I was like, oh, this is okay. This is I can I can see this. And then, do you realize like, oh. there's plenty of things from Oklahoma I will never rep. Those and I and I can't even go there from a lot of the Flaming Lips catalog, mm. but Soft Bulletin and Yoshimi oh. are utter fucking mad like those those are like examples of i know it's like where the stars align and the cosmos just gives gifts you something (laughs) um and this song is i could this might be my favorite flaming lip song it is perfect it it really is and i like i like re-listened to it recently and i was just like just like completely blown away just like Again, just, it, it is. It is one of those times where, like, the cosmos open and, and you know, here it was, you know, perfect, yeah. perfect synchronicity of, of the band and, like, the time and everything. Yeah. 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 And this, I, like, I can, I don't know that I've had this experience, but I can picture, like, just, this is like a happy cry. So, like, a, yeah. just, like, all feeling all the good things and just tears streaming down your face song. Yeah. And I, yeah, I love, I'm. Yeah, I love this song. So, yeah. so on, when I make when I make the playlist for this episode, this is the one that's going on there. Sorry, Death Cab. No, it's cool. <laughs> Yo, it's chill. Honestly, like that's fine. And and I feel like there's there's a big part of myself that's like really embarrassed about my emo phase, which was, for lack of a better word, like way too long. <laughs> um, and I feel like I just you know that there's some relics that have held on to it and 
some things that I feel like are still there and and this song just kind of hits me sometimes but I think it's it's yeah. I'm totally fine with that being not <laughs> on your list yeah I like it genuinely that was the first song by them that I was like I'm kind of curious to hear more all right I don't know that I'm gonna try yeah. but I am <laughs> you could also just I, be like so, hey that was the one it's, I did it that's the one right <laughs> I found it moving on now. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's a bunch of death cab that are just kind of like, ah, right. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any idea what the hell their band name means? No. Is there some story? I don't know. Okay. I, I'm not deep enough into the fantom okay. anymore. I, I guess if we that's... time traveled to like 17 year old Beth, maybe she would remember or no, <laughs> no but yeah. not today. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really care, but <laughs> oh man okay well on the other side of that what's the song that will put you in a better mood yo jump in the line by harry belafonte oh, yes <laughs> yeah my only note for this is this song just makes me happy it's, it's so delightful it i challenge anyone to not be instantly in a better mood after listening to that song like i challenge you yeah yeah and well and it's one of those songs too i, I don't even have to hear it i can just think of that opening like Dun, 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 and yep. i'm just like oh that makes me happy yeah <laughs> it's oh, really it's... fun i have great associations with the movie beetlejuice with it obviously mm-hmm. also just like it's so i don't know it's very joyous it's very silly um it's just a fun it's a fun song yeah i think it's yeah the there's it's like a sort of joyfulness in it that is to me, it's like really hard to capture in music the way that they did. And and also the fact that this song's like what, sixty something years old and it's just it it still sounds like contemporary and perfect and it's timeless. Yeah, it really it, it to me is one that I think really stands the test of time so far is like like I think there are there are other songs that put me in a better mood that are contemporary, but I also feel like those border on like shut the fuck up like i don't care like (laughs) you're it's obnoxious now you know and i think for me anyway jump in the line is not one of those and i feel like it also is not overplayed it's not something that you hear constantly over and over and over again like so that when you do hear it it kind of retains that joy or that like enthusiasm but it's not something that's completely just like i don't know yeah that's a really good yeah that's a really good point it is weird that it's not like now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I don't hear it that often. Like I have to seek it out. And it, that seems weird to me considering how classic and good and amazing it is. But I feel like, let's, I guess if you put it on repeat for like hours on end, you'd probably be like, okay, enough. But right. <laughs> but that's like everything. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a couple songs on your list that I could probably do that and not get sick of them. But um, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, no, that's awesome. I was wondering, I, I think that, this was like the first song my wife remembers hearing. Oh, so I was like, damn, starting with like the setting the bar high. <laughs> no <laughs> like, kidding. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I think jump the line could be the answer to this next question. I think you can make a case Ooh, yeah. for it, but what is objectively, objectively the best song of all time? Well, you could make a case for jump in the line, but objectively, Let's Go Crazy by Prince is the okay. best yeah. song of all time. And I will meet anyone in the parking lot and fight you if you think otherwise. <laughs> so my, yeah, my, the first sentence I t- put on my note is I hope you pick this as a, the objectively greatest song of all time because it is. <laughs> See, and now we don't have to fight and we can be friends forever. Exactly. No. Cause seriously, it, it's, it's, 
there is nothing wrong with it. It is Prince is like a really special artist to me. Um, and like I have like a talk like you were asking about like secret weapon albums, which is what I call the ones where you have to like power through something. And for mm-hmm. the longest time, and I think I have two Prince songs on my list, or maybe I took one off. I think you must have taken one I off. I took one off. Okay. Um, yeah. I could have honestly answered all of these questions with a prank song, <laughs> and I had to restrain myself not to. Um, because Ooh, That'd be a fun episode to do. So. <laughs> like just somebody's entire discography for like the questions. That would be. Yeah. But I just think Prince is, Prince is one of those musicians and artists and beings who is like, so unbelievably powerful so unbelievably magical so unbelievably important to me that like i used to actively not listen to his music because it was so intense and so powerful for me that i would only use it for a secret weapon album but when he passed i was like really upset and obviously the way that he died was was pretty tragic Mm -hmm. um and his i don't know if you know this but his passing happened right after he was able to retain get the rights of his very last album returned to him right but because he didn't have a will all of his music then got distributed in different ways which is like completely heartbreaking as like somebody who really values creator-owned work so i started listening to prince all the time because i felt like yes he's no longer in a flesh body (laughs) he's now like (laughs) particles and essence in the air Mm -hmm. for us but he's like this song is one of those ones that makes me feel like I don't know, light beams shoot out of my fingers. Yeah. I mean, it's like Purple Rain is such a preposterous all-time album. Uh, and this is the best song on Purple Rain, if you ask me, which is... It's know, hard I to mean, choose people, the best out of an album that is... Like, well, it's like every one of them. Yes. <laughs> but exactly. it's like... And just the way that it began, like it is, it's perfect. Like I think about, you know, the... Like Prince was him. Mm-hmm. Like whenever Prince was him. Yeah. Like I there is, and and the fact that he you know I what he could do anything. I still love like people would talk about who was the interview. It was interview with somebody. I don't. It was somebody like some big famous rock star, and they were like, "Who's the best guitar player in the world?" And they was like Prince, but nobody realizes it because that's not what he does. Yeah. And I still think of that the footage of him uh, at the it was the, the super, George Harris which the, the, no, well, so the, many. The super Bowl, <laughs> The George Harrison Rock and Roll Hall of Fame oh, induction thing. Yes. Where they're doing Why My Guitar Gently uh, Weeps. And he just fucking takes over what? and everybody is just like in awe. And then like throwing the guitar in the air and it never comes down. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. And then, yeah, the Super Bowl is. Uh, every when, when performance uh, ever, like ever, 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 ever. Just a yeah. completely un- unbelievable, charismatic, talented being that is like. It's just unreal. It's unreal that we we got yeah. to live at the same time. At the I know. It's like crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. This song uh, this I, is one song that I was like I could listen to this nonstop forever, no other right. music ever and I would still be happy. This is yeah, when I was saying there's a couple songs in your list that I could listen to repeat this is one of them because it's just it's yeah, it's like it's perfection. So uh, um Thanks Prince. Uh, we love you. Yeah, Prince. Gosh. <laughs> Okay, well, it's going to be hard to follow that up, but um, going <laughs> but in a must. different... <laughs> we must. <laughs> we must. So what's the song you used to love, but now you listen to it and you're like, maybe not. I mean, okay. You're, I feel like you're, you, on this list, you, have been, you will have been able to pinpoint it. So Butterfly by Weezer. Oh, thank God. <laughs> 
Because, okay, so look, like I said, 17-year-old Beth, big email yeah. kid, got really into Weezer. I love, I still love Weezer a lot. Like, I, okay. I am not ashamed to say that I still love Weezer a lot. Um, okay. However, I, and I really like the album Pinkerton, but like, yo, Butterfly? <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me, Rivers? Like, you should not have written this and or had anything to do with whatever caused the inspiration for making this like smell you on my hand for days no fuck you no 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 i can't i always there's yeah there's music like i don't understand how that nobody in the process was like hey maybe we shouldn't do that or maybe like don't put this on the album i mean there's there's a bunch on there we listened to on pinkerton where i'm like dude what like no stop yeah i don't i was i was texting with our mutual friend carl yesterday and and because we were i was telling him i was like oh beth and i are recording our episode tomorrow and he was i think i was supposed to tell you hi oh hi. so hi from carl um and i was telling i was like i can't explain this and i don't like and this is not a judgment on anybody but like weezer is literally like one band that i genuinely loathe and i can't even explain it like it's and when the blue album came out and i was like i don't know i mean probably like 14 or something like like, and buddy holly's a fucking banger like like that's like of course and there's but god i don't know and i don't even know what it is i I don't even know why like because there's plenty of music that is in this same realm or like because carl was saying like oh yeah like weezer and coldplay i was like I'm agnostic about Coldplay. I don't care about Coldplay. <laughs> I was like, well, Weezer just annoys me. And I don't know why. Uh, like, my wife funny. likes Weezer. <laughs> I, I, and so, so maybe I, they're what you're on your list. Are they one of the ones that's like people like, but I just don't get it? <laughs> that's that you? would be, oh my God, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Um, I, I have picked two, something else. I have but. two Weezer songs on my list, which is so funny because like, like as much as they're they're like massively cringy like especially some of the older albums and like i look i respect i respect a band that's like still trying to like make some new things and experiment and i think that weezer's had like a really bizarre journey like as a band in general Mm -hmm. um i've seen them live a bunch of times like our one of carl and my's professors and like good buddies alec longstreth is also a humongous weezer fan he actually, Alec did the, um, designed all of the animations for their most recent tour. Like he like worked oh, that's cool. with Weezer, like, which is like yeah. really exciting and really neat. And like, there's some newer songs that I think are really awesome, but I've fallen a lot off of the bandwagon, but I still, they're one of the bands that I think I have like the most of their albums. I know like yeah. 90% of all the lyrics still, like, I don't know. I also feel like I don't know how to explain why I love them. I just do. Yeah, well, then that makes, it makes sense that I'm not sure that I can explain why I loathe them, but I just yeah, it's they're <laughs> but, a very just divisive band for sure. One of the yeah, and again, like, and I'm not. It's like I'm not cra- claiming any sort of like moral high ground. Sure, I love whatever. plenty of stuff. Who is? Uh, I mean, I have done an 80 episode podcast about the band Rancid, so like, <laughs> I have no fucking legs to stand. I just in, in recent episodes have been gushing. We've been gushing about Celine Dion, and even had an episode where we talked love about it. like. Kenny G has an era of his career that's fucking amazing. Hell yeah. But anyway, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, Butterfly though is like irredeemable. Yeah, so. Butterfly <laughs> is really it's really problematic and like, uh, yeah, it makes me it makes me sad. It it like 
yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, enough about that. Yeah. Let's move on. We're going to talk about them later. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> um okay well what's what's the song that like people hate some somebody hates i don't know whatever context you want to have it you love it well because i didn't know about you and wizard oh yeah i had on here uh dominic the donkey (laughs) (laughs) which okay did you know this song before this was on my list no never and what what did you think when you heard it for the first time um well my note is yo what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) like what the actual fuck is this it's so stupid it's so silly it's so ridiculous and it is (laughs) i'm i'm italian like it is so italian it's (laughs) it's like the silliest christmas song that i think is still palatable and it's so stupid and ridiculous and like this the constant ha ha is like the like lyrical thing. There's also like so many. I don't know. It, it's sung in like a really heavy Italian accent that right. gotta be fake. It's like really like Super Mario Bros. Fake. Like it's very yes. stereotypical, and it's also just like there's so much joy I get from watching somebody listen to this song for the first time that like oh. makes me love it even more. It makes my power grow. Oh, I could. Hey, I can see that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's amazing. I was wondering, like, because the accents. I was like, is this offensive to Italian? <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty. I mean, top. I'm sure you know it's 2023. I'm, it's offensive to somebody, well, but it's also right, like, absolutely. as an Italian and currently the ambassador of Italians on this podcast, <laughs> right? Like, there we go. I think it's funny. Yeah, and I think it's silly, uh, and I think it's just as ridiculous as literally every other Christmas song. Yeah. No, I think it's. Uh, I mean, the A, Christmas donkey. Okay. And then, yeah, the hee haws just put it over the top. Like, I'm, I'm I, here for my it. Favorite, I was playing it in the house, and people, my wife and my kid were like, uh. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite line is, and they talk Italian to him, and he even understands. <laughs> like, so, like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, you speak Italian to somebody, not you talk Italian to, like, right. even that lyric is ridiculously, like, stereotypical. I'm like, yeah. what are you saying? Like, it's so dumb. I love it. And uh, also the person who sings that song pronounces Dominic as, like, da- Dominic. It's like, da- you're right. Dominic Enki, and, like... Ugh, kills me. That's that's this is like the best pick for this question ever. <laughs> this is amazing. And like, I was, and I, I promise you, whoever, whoever, whatever folks are listening to this, if you don't know Dominic the Donkey and you go listen to it, you're gonna hate it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so dumb. Hey, but that's the perfect answer. For and this I question. didn't even know we were gonna record this in December, and this is still oh, like well, per- this is yeah. my answer. It's so festive. Wonderful. I'm putting, hey, I have like a Christmas playlist and this is going on it now. Yes. So, um, and I can't wait to be in the car driving around with the family and it come on randomly. And then you hear, huh, huh. Yeah. I mean, is it any more ridiculous than the hippopotamus for Christmas song? Right. No. And the hippopotamus for Christmas song is stupid because it's sung by like the fake kid voice, which is like, I, I love a hippopotamus for Christmas. Like, oh. shut up. <laughs> Yeah, like either get an actual kid to do it yes. or like sing in your fucking voice. Yes. Anyway. No, I hate that song. Um, but it is equal. Uh, it is on the same. It is the same yeah. tier of like right. idiotic Christmas songs. 
<laughs> That's like a good just subgenre of idiotic Christmas songs. Uh, somebody needs to make There's that. There's a lot. Playlist. There's a lot. Yeah, it'd be a long playlist. Um, okay, well, totally changing gears, and I and it's not. Do you realize? But I think it could be. But what is the most romantic song? Ooh, it's um uh, Sunday kind of love by Etta James. Yeah. Um, Etta is like a. I love her. I feel like. All her songs are really romantic and really excellent, but the Sunday kind of love I feel like is like that aspirational. Like to me, mm-hmm. when I think about romance, there's also this element of like fantasy involved, and there's this element of like I I want to have this thing that you know you're is not. Uh, there's a difference between like day to day romance and then like like extreme romance, and I feel like right. this to me feels like a a happy medium between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. I could listen to her sing anything. Hell, she could sing Dominic the Donkey, (gasps) and I'd be fucking there. Oh, yeah. Let's get that time machine action. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Ada, we want you to try out this new song. God, probably shouldn't, like, say this out loud. Somebody's going to do it with AI, and it's going to be all our fault. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Respect (laughs) her legacy. Oh, God. Um, But, yeah, this song. Oh, God, what a song. Mm -hmm. And, and, yeah, I feel like there's, um, there's this sort of, I don't know, like, yeah grounded realness to this that it's got like you said it kind of holds both of those ideas in one place which is i feel like is a really hard thing to do i um, i love also the build-up in like one of the like later choruses when she's like not not monday not tuesday not wednesday not thursday not friday not even saturday but <laughs> sunday like the build-up she has of like listen, I'm talking about a really specific thing. And like that, that the way she vocalizes that build up, that mm-hmm. tension, that excitement is just so beautiful. Yeah. there And there's like such a, it's, and it is like this sort of specificity of where it's like, it's not, it's like, it is this big feeling, but it's this, like you said, it's this very specific thing. I think when songs and music can capture that, it just heightens the impact of them. Yeah. Because um, it makes it much more, like it makes it more relatable. Yeah. Because we can, it's like, oh yeah, I know this feeling. Where if it's like really big, there's like a vagueness to it that, it, again, still can have its power and has its place, but there's something to me that's really special about something like this because of that. Well, it's that, it's that sweet spot of storytelling, right? Universality mm-hmm. defined by specificity. And I think that that's like such an important aspect of telling a story in whatever format, whether it's comics or prose or poetry or, or music. It's like, that's that's part of that. Right, yeah. Great song. Yeah. Great song. <laughs> what, what is a song that changed your perspective on an artist? Get ready for a 180 from Etta James. Uh, oh, boy. Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so did it did it change your perspective for the better yeah, or for the worse? For the, for the better. Okay. I, I was really dismissive of Doja, Doja Cat. I don't know if I'm supposed to call her Doja or Doja Cat. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm a millennial, so I feel a little bit like an imposter. Yeah, Miss Cat. Um, uh, but uh, I was really dismissive, and I thought maybe some of her stuff was like too silly or too ridiculous for me. And then I heard "Paint the Town Red," and I was like, "Oh shoot!" <laughs> like, welcome yeah. to my best of list, lady. <laughs> like, I was just like, "There's something." I, I have a friend, like. This is an embarrassing admit, but I'm terrible at finding new music. 
Like I'm a creature okay. of habit. I like to listen to the same thing <laughs> yeah. over and over again. Um, but I have a friend. Thank you, Nina Shin, if you're listening, who makes mm. monthly playlists of like new stuff, old stuff, whatever. Every single month, she adds to it all month. Oh wow! And I just subscribed to her doing that, and I listened to all this new That's stuff. Awesome. And she had this song on there, and I was like, oh. Yeah, like what a gift. <laughs> oh so, yeah. I, I've been telling myself that I need to listen to more Doja Cat. And so this and the song rules like, Oh, it was so good. I, she, well, my, and the reason that I've like, I want to listen to more Doja Cat is so and I'm pretty sure this is the story, but she grew up like her family was in, were members of Alice Coltrane's ashram. Whoa. And Alice Coltrane is probably like my favorite artist and musician to ever live. Wow. And so when I learned that I was like, Oh my God. Okay. I need to, I need to know more about this and here. And so, yeah, this song just, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's, I just feel like it's, it's one of those ones that like similar, we've talked about a bunch that as soon as you hear kind of the opening riff or the opening couple mm-hmm. of notes, you're like, oh yeah, like I'm here yeah. for this. And I feel like yeah. when this one showed up in my life and now anytime it comes on, I'm like, oh, this is, yeah, this is a like immediately like start dancing a little immediately sing along like just very much like in a better mood kind of thing yeah i yeah i love a song where yeah when they get the first two seconds you just know yeah (laughs) um well that yeah that's a good that makes a lot of sense i think it kind of changed my perspective on her too i want to like i need to said i need to go i need to go listen to more but it's um, not even i had like a negative view it was just i was just dismissive you know i was kind of like all right whatever and then yeah this came out and i was like "Ooh, just Ooh. kidding time <laughs> to go back and listen to everything and see if i need to maybe reconsider yeah exactly um well are you a big lyrics person like yeah. do you pay okay but like so, okay wait sorry what do you mean by big lyrics person like lyrics to are an important part of a piece of music to you mm, or like yes you, and no okay <laughs> can bad lyrics ruin an otherwise good song for you define bad um i have this conversation a lot when it comes to rancid so um because they did it so they they did an album um, okay i'm sorry i'm so sorry i'm gonna do this no but I'm please do this. i'm here i'm here i'm ready <laughs> so there's a whole lot of questionable problematic things about rancid and the main guy had a wife that they they got married when she was 18 he was 29 you can <laughs> row. yeah yeah it was like yeah not good not good and then they got divorced and it was really nasty and, and so then they had an album come out oh boy rancid did like right around this time and this is like we were saying with butterfly like, this is a conversation that my friend and i have all the time it's like how did nobody be like hey tim <laughs> Like Yo. maybe you shouldn't put this song on the album that says, "If you lose me, girl, you lose a good thing," and that's one thing. I, or like, I mean, with the whole, <laughs> it's so bad. And so, but anyway, like there are songs on that album where I'm like, "Oh, this is pretty good," and then the lyrics start and it's shit about that. I'm like, "Okay, nope, fuck it, can't do it." So that's what I mean. Okay, because I think so. I feel like there are some times where I'm listening to something. And I don't really process what the lyrics are saying, but I still like the song or like this lyrics are kind of like nonsensical. Um, And to me, that doesn't equate to being like bad. But also like, I think that, you know, there's a, 
Oh boy. I mean, there's plenty of songs that are, I, I could pull examples of like the late seventies where it's like, um, like, yeah, you shouldn't use that, That's... but also are like banger songs. Right. Uh, right. So like there's, <laughs> there's like a, there's like a weird mix of like, what does bad mean? Uh, I know. But I love, yeah. I love lyrics. I mean, as like a writer and like, I think there's also, um, there's some really fun play that I find mm-hmm. lyrics have. And so, yeah, I like lyrics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what are your favorite lyrics? Let's like well, <laughs> long drawn out way to get here. Okay, the entirety of the song "TikTok" by Kesha. Oh hell yes! <laughs> wow. I think okay. I think Kesha, and I don't know because she like right also another musician who's had like a tragic backstory, but yeah, I'm like a creator, but I think, and I don't know for sure, so I'm really sorry if this is not true. I don't know if she writes her own lyrics. I don't know if she's the lyricist as well. Like, I'm unclear. Yeah, I don't know either. But I want to believe she does. <laughs> we're going to give her credit, especially for this song. Like, and I feel like this song, and specifically the songs that were on this album that I'm forgetting mm-hmm. if it was from Animal or, or Cannibal, I don't remember. Um, But, like, her lyrics are so ridiculous. Like... I know so ridiculous this is this is like an all-time bop yes this song yes um and the fact that i think i was thinking about this like she was like 20 oh no and she made this and like it's on her debut album it's like oh my god i mean and yeah like there's a lot of really awful shit like around dr luke and all that stuff and um which yeah but fuck this song is so good and yeah the lyrics like the whole thing is just it is such a vibe. I, I love and the, so, and it, the party don't start till I walk in, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Like, I yeah. love, like, TikTok. I mean, even though, like, riff, like, the chorus of it is really great. And this was also before the app TikTok. And I'm like, I know. did this spark that app? Like, I don't know, because it's spelled the same. Even. I feel like she should be getting residuals or something. I agree. You know? like, I agree. <laughs> and there's, there's also, there's so many Kesha songs where I feel like her, the lyrics are just un- real and just amazing and so funny and very much a product of like a 20 something year old at the time of when this were yeah. like like you know 20 2010s 20 whatever yeah and it's like this is perfect perfect glimpse of society <laughs> yeah and it's uh, i think that's like a really good point though because she's really funny but it's not like it's also it's so it's really in a really smart way yes like it's it, yeah, because I think I think a lot of people probably, at least people that in the circles that I run in more experimental music, do not give shit like this enough credit for how clever it is and how, <laughs> like, because it's like, oh, it's just some, you know, dumb pop song. It's like, no, it is so much more. Oh, I fucking love this song so much. I didn't listen to it in a long time. So when it was on here and I was prepping for this, I was like, yeah, this is like a song I could probably listen to over and over again and be pretty fucking happy this, too, honestly. This album and also like Your Love Is My Drug is on this album too. And I really like that oh one God, too. And then song. there's like also like I just I feel like and again, I don't know how much creative control she has over lyrics. I don't know how much creative control she had over like her music right. videos, but her or her like persona in general. But I just think she's done such an amazing job of like her videos are unhinged, her lyrics are unhinged, <laughs> but she's also like fully fully aware that that's what she's doing and i just right and i a complete icon a complete icon in my opinion yeah oh i hey i am you will get no argument from me i love how how like whip like whiplash my list is (laughs) oh i do too i 
I was so scared that this was going to be like one that you used to love and now you like found it cringeworthy or something. I was going to be really never. I was going to be well, I was going to be really upset. Oh. So, um, <laughs> um, okay. Well, we're now into the section where, you, well, you're supposed to pick two questions, but I think you picked four. Uh, yeah, I did. And um, also, we skipped some from the regular list. Do you know that? Um, well, the, those two go at the end. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Got it. Yeah, I changed the order okay. of, and I and I've changed it in the questionnaire, but I sent it to you a while ago, so okay. I hadn't changed it then. Yeah, no problem though. Those are like the two big questions, so I, I leave see. Them for the end. I see. I see. Um, so you picked four, so I'm just going to pick two. Are, are there two of these questions you want to talk about more than the others? No, I want I want you to. The only one that I did not answer is what's a lyric you thought you knew right. but learned or something else. So don't ask that one. Um, okay, so I can just pick two of the other ones, and then I would say because we've already addressed it, what song have you or can you listen to the most? We've already uh, talked about that. Um, uh, so okay. I would pick from the other ones. Okay, well, I always like this question because this is where I always get to learn about new stuff. On most of the time, is what is the last song you completely fell in love with? Ooh, um, Tangerine by Glass Animals. I I realize it came out in twenty twenty, which is not that new, but like I. I have fallen head over heels for glass animals. I think that that album dreamland is really incredible. I think all their albums from start to finish are really well crafted, really well done, but tangerine in particular is like really, really excellent. Yeah. I really like that. I, that was, I had never heard of this before Ooh. and I really liked it. Um, like the only, uh, the, the word that just kept coming to mind and this is kind of lame, but it's like, this is just like really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is really cool. It's really, have you listened to glass animals before any of their stuff? No. Oh shit. There's no totally off my radar. Dude, you got it. There's like an album where the like specifically, cause I got them on vinyl cause I'm that person, but, um, the, like they're really good. And there's one where at the end it's like a infinite loop. Um, oh no, lock groove. Yeah, that's yeah. thank you. Of course, you would know what that is. Um, but <laughs> I love that, and it's just so I don't know. I that's, really like all their albums. They have really distinct, different flavors. Um, and oh, think, that's cool. I think they're really, really great. It's like to me, it's like I love Animal Collective, but like Glass Animals is like a step above. I think. Yeah, I always love when an, it's. I mean, I'm here for whatever, but like when bands or artists sort of. I don't know if re reinvents a little extra, but like kind of reinvent themselves with every album. It's like a different, I don't, it's, it's incredible to me that when I, when you hear that, it's like, God, how did the hell did you do this again? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and this and the, dreamland also is one where they recorded it entirely during the pandemic. And so they were like distance mm. and separate recording. And then they did the performance of uh tangerine on SNL was the first like remote musical guests that they did and they did like this really cool mm. video for it that like was really special anyway it's worth it's worth looking yeah. into and like how that album was like yeah created, so yeah that's cool I re and i really liked the cover too <laughs> like the cover just again it's just there it kind of captures the whole vibe of the yes <laughs> this music and it's i appreciate that very much so yeah this is i was i was stoked to to learn about this so yeah. this is the great thing about doing this podcast is i get to learn about music too okay who yes. all right which one am i gonna ask which one am i gonna ask um okay people don't ever pick this one so what's the sexiest song Ooh, hey by the pixies okay explain yourself never <laughs> i don't have to listen to it and you will be immediately aroused like i don't have to tell you like it's hey like it is so sexy the baseline is so sexy like just the song itself is like 
I don't know. It's it's um the I mean the like guitar riff for like, I don't know. It's like an immediate like <laughs> this is really lewd, but it's an immediate panty dropper. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like I can't possibly justify this decision because it's just a fact, you know. Uh, well, I so. <laughs> Do you disagree? Uh, Do you dare disagree, well, Brad, with fact? So I'm I'm gonna admit something that I've never don't I don't ever really talk about, but like I don't care about the Pixies and I've never really cared about the Pixies. Like I love Kim That's Deal. Fine. I fucking think yeah. Breeder's amazing. And Frank Black seems like a total asshole. Sure. Yeah, um, of course. Which is fine. Like plenty of you know, I don't know. I and it's weird. I don't understand why the, you know, it's like one of those bands that considering all the stuff that in my life that I've loved and, you know, the path I've taken through music, I'm like, how am I not in love with the Pixies? But it's just like one of those things that just passed me by. Wow. Wow. And wow. Yeah. So, but I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to re-listen to this, like with that context. Cause you know, I was like, not, I was like, I don't know what the hell this is a pick for. Um, so uh oh. and see and so but did I, you re I did you already re-listen to it well i did okay. yes but okay. i was just it was you know i wasn't just think about like, it, like imagine okay so when you're when you go to play this one like imagine like don't think about the artists like the performers mm -hmm. for it right like just think about and listen to like the way that the bass and the guitar talk to each other like okay. it is just it's sexy it's sexy i don't know what to tell you no, I'm, I, I, you're probably right. Like I'm, but it like, yeah, I'm going to go into it with a different, like, just get all my baggage. Yeah. Out. Like I don't really have baggage. I just don't, I mean, in some ways I do, because it's one of those things, you know, I mean, like people are like, oh my God, did you, Ed, this is the greatest band. You have to love them. You have to love them. It's like, yeah, but I don't. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm anyway. not, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hype it up to yeah. that. Like, I think, I think that like, of course, also you could listen to it and be like, I don't know what the fuck Beth's talking about. Like, <laughs> that's fine too. I got no problems there. I just think like. I don't have a reason. I don't have a good enough reason to articulate like why I think it is attractive or such a good song. Yeah. I think that it it purely has to do with like the musicality of it. But I think that like it, the Pixies are a band that I think get really overhyped because people are obsessive about it. People are really like yeah. they drink the Kool Aid, you know. And yeah. I'm not not to say that I'm not one of those folks, but I just think like there are some Pixie songs that are great, and there are some Pixie songs that suck. Like it's just how, that's. <laughs> That's, that's nature, how it is. That's the nature of yeah. it, you know. But but I think well, I think I, of all of them, I think Hey is is pretty solid. So, well, I hey, I, I trust you. You picked TikTok as the your favorite <laughs> lyric. So I'm fucking, so I've 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 by the time we got, got to this question, I feel like my street cred is here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Now now okay. it's to the home stretch here. Okay. So what is the song that means the most to you? And it's not necessarily the song itself, but. Yeah, you associate it with something or someone or an experience. This one is is I think the most embarrassing song on my list is <laughs> "Call Me Maybe" by Carly Rae Jepsen. I don't think it's embarrassing, but I really continue. I I mean you never know, right? Like I think that I really like this song. Number one, number two, I think Carly Rae Jepsen is an overlooked pop star. Uh, um, she in my world is the pop star. Well, you have like, a small child. <laughs> Well, but no. <laughs> I mean, she's emotion is one of the great albums of the last like 15 to 20 years. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's really good. No, she's really yeah. great. I think people don't give yeah. her enough credit because call me maybe is so over the top poppy. Um, but this song in particular is really important to me because 
when we were you were talking about how Kokomo was like playing nonstop in your head, I was under a curse at one point in my life where call me maybe <laughs> from the nanosecond I woke up until the nanosecond I lost oh consciousness God. at night played on repeat in the back of my head. Um, oh my God. Like forever. And the thing that ended up breaking the curse is actually I met my partner. Um, and so this song, oh. this song is really important to me because I love this song. That's it amazing. was a curse and also it was lifted. And so this is kind of like, quote unquote, our song. Um, so, oh my God, that's the best. <laughs> so the curse was lifted and also I can now freely listen to it without it getting stuck in my head, yeah. which is maybe a little bit powerful as well. That's incredible. <laughs> oh my God, that is the best it was, answer. No joke. I kept tally of how long it was over 40 days of oh my god constantly like never stopping wow i mean it is like the like bop of bops but like it's, 40 days it's an incredible wow. earworm like it's an incredible oh. earworm yeah no i hey i fucking love carly ray jepson oh great I, um one of, I, I have a friend who lives out in dc and, and he it, for a while they had like a carly ray jepson like punk rock cover band ah cool um and then yeah and he works for npr music so he got to meet her and it's like oh i'm so fucking jealous oh that's cool my niece's my niece's uh she's about to turn 10 but her very first concert was my sister took her to carly ray jepson yeah i'm like my daughter really like she really she had a moment like i kind of got her into it early on like now like right now she's it's just like all taylor swift all the time but like like I really like you was what her favorite song for a while. And so I have these, I'm like, okay, at some point I'm going to get her to like, start listening to other stuff again. And like Carly Rae Jepsen is going to be one of my, I'm like, remember you like, like, let's go this way. (laughs) But we'll see. Love it. Um, I don't like the only thing I heard I don't like is that Owl City collaboration because I don't understand what the fucking appeal. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of it either. But it's like, you know, I respect somebody trying something new. Like, I feel like as like a fellow artist, there's a part of me that when musicians do something really out of their wheelhouse or something that's really different, I'm like, I tried not to judge it immediately because I want to be like, I mean, this is so dumb. Not like Carly needs me, but like, I'm just like, yeah, (laughs) hey, man, try it out. Maybe it doesn't work this time. It's okay. Like failing yeah that's fine oh absolutely but like she doesn't she's not like god what is beth gonna think (laughs) i don't know you might get a you might get a stern email carly Carly hit me up i just want you to know i'm supportive (laughs) hey maybe you guys can collab (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) um all right well we're coming to the end here so (sighs) beth hetland what is your favorite song brad i'm so sorry it's say it ain't so by weezer which I I'm think not, you saw. I'm not gonna make the joke. I can make the. <laughs> I'm yeah, not gonna do it. Yeah, I I know you saw it coming a mile away as soon as we talked about butterfly. But like, man, oh man, say it ain't so. I think is again, it's from the blue album, which I think is their greatest. Still continues to be their greatest album, their debut album. Um, but say it ain't so is like, it is. I don't know. It's my, it's one of my karaoke songs. Um, it is oh, so nice. fun to sing along to. It is really emotional once you read into the backstory about it. Like I have a lot of buddies who just like this song is like very important to like my like how I feel like I viewed myself. <laughs> <laughs> of like I love Weezer. This is my Weezer identity. Yeah. Um, but I also think like this question was really hard to answer because it was a question of like 
how do you define favorite? Like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that to me, I was trying to think about like what has stood the test of time so far. Um, and that, mm. that is certainly, certainly one that continues to come back as like, oh, I still get a lot of joy from this. Yeah. I don't, I mean, like, I don't hate this song. <laughs> I don't. You can be like, honest. It's, it's fine. No, I don't like this. Like the blue album is the, it's like the Weezer. And cause it's the one that when I, you know, I was, again, it's, it came out when I was in high school and, um and was into quote unquote like alternative music or whatever and so like we had i remember a friend of mine like he was fucking obsessed with my name is jonas yeah yeah like that and um yeah and so like yeah no i mean it it it's there is like it's one of those songs where i can see the name of it and i can just hear the chorus yep. and and, yep. It's, and not and it doesn't it's like it's a it is all like very well written. Like I wouldn't choose to listen to Weezer <laughs> just cause it's not, but if I had to, this song is, you know, it's not buddy Holly, buddy Holly is the Weezer yeah. song to me. Yes. But, yeah. um, yeah. And I don't know anything about the backstory behind this. I'm going to take a read that. Cause I'm always yeah, it's, like, I find I mean, it's, it's worth looking into in the same way that I think like a lot of the Weezer B sides are, are quite a bit better than some of their Ooh, like albums. Michael and Carly. Oh, right. And Suzanne dude, like fucking. Yeah. Yeah. My, that, Michael and Carly is the, incredible. Like, was that the buddy Holly sing? I don't know. It was one of the blue album singles. But, yeah. Yeah. It's um, from the deluxe edition and like the re-release yeah. of that, but there's so, so many really good, yeah. like songs that didn't make their like albums and stuff that I just feel like are, are really about like, I don't know. They really show to me kind of like what the the crux of the mm -hmm. start of the band was. And I also think how it had a lot to do with Matt Sharp, who was a part of the band early on. And I think like his. I, I love the rentals. The rentals are incredible. Yeah. I love that was them. like, I, I mean, I'm, that was sort of how I got into synthesizers. Ooh. Honestly, was like hearing the rentals when I was 14 or whatever. I was like, ooh, what are those sounds? The Moog magician then, himself, Matt yeah. Sharp. Yeah. I mean, I, is he not in the band anymore? No, he, uh, he left the band for the rentals and then they've gone through uh. several other bassists since then. Um, but their current one, wait, am I, hold on. I'm like worried that I mixed up his name. Is it Matt Sharp? I think so. No, cause, uh, Scott Sharp is their current bassist. So now um. I'm like, oh shit. Oh God. Alex gonna obliterate. Alec, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, I have even to, know the I'm rentals sorry, are still a band. I have to Google it really quick. No, it is Matt Sharp. Okay. I'm looking at it on Wikipedia. Oh, Lord Almighty. Oh, that was really, <laughs> oh my gosh. That was really a touch and go moment for me. Um, anyway, but we're safe. He left, and then their next bassist who was on the Green album was Mikey Welsh. And Mikey Welsh is the one who passed away kind of unexpectedly. But like, I think you hear their music shift and evolve as like Matt was on Blue and Pinkerton, and then Mikey was on Green, and then like, Maladroit was uh, and then stuff started getting really weird but that's when yeah. scott joined um and again like i respect it like you gotta experiment you gotta yeah. do your thing but also like say it ain't so for me and like really thinking about like part of the the history of say it ain't so has to do with like rivers's stepdad like dad relationship mm. um i don't know the the guitar again i feel like it comes back to like the musicality of the guitar riff and the bass and like the conversation that they're having um through the music and i think that that's really powerful so i think you know pixies are obviously a big influence on weezer which makes sense right. why i like both of these 
But I know, like, the big gap in my music history of that is, like, I never really got into Nirvana, which I feel like I would have really been obsessed with had that Uh come into my life at that time. But I, alas, was stunted in my own musical growth. (laughs) Yeah, Nirvana was the one for me. Like, that was, like, I'm not sitting here today doing this podcast. Because Nevermind came out when I was in sixth grade. Mm. It was perfect timing. And it changed i it always i feel so silly saying it but it's like it literally like changed the trajectory of my entire life yeah and and that's and, that's what happened to me with weezer is like that was yeah. the the timing of it the group of friends that introduced it to me i mean yeah. ultimately weezer was introduced by my older sister and then like brought in from one of my best friends in high school and like kind of took that the path of like weezer pixies strokes um the mm. hives like um that direction and then instead of going i think with the nirvana path which i think would have would have just shifted it right like but right if we look at the the multiverse timeline (laughs) (laughs) but my first sorry one of the other this is like way too long so feel free to edit all this out but um my very first concert i went to was weezer and um it was actually the opening for weezer was tenacious d which is another one of my my favorite bands ever um but jack black is a national treasure he really is uh, <laughs> i got to yeah. see him do a saxaboom performance early on and like oh my god it was amazing and i should have put a tenacious d song as sexiest song but i didn't um because uh, sexiest is different you, than most erotic but yeah there was i saw a thing the other day i was on tiktok it was maybe the i don't know it, jonas brothers concert mm. and and jack black shows up he's wearing like the bowser costume and he sings the peaches song like just before i don't know if it was like the i don't know where it was in the concert but nobody everyone was just like what the fuck is going on it was incredible it was i was just like i love him so much i love him he's he's incredible and yeah so that that first concert was also like i wasn't supposed to that's amazing i wasn't supposed to go though um because (laughs) i had i had a broken ankle and my mom oh. was like, absolutely not. And so <laughs> I lied to her and snuck out and went with my friend Maggie oh. and ran into my mother, who was also going because of Tenacious D. <laughs> so she was wow. going for the D and like we ran into each other and we were both like, this didn't happen. <laughs> with her friends and holding, this is again, really lewd, but they had as part of their merchandise from the tour, um, cum rags. <laughs> and so I ran into my mom while she was holding cum rags wow. for her friends. <laughs> Amazing. And I wasn't supposed to be there because I went and snuck out to see Weed. Right. And she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> so. Well, that's a perfect ending. Like, literally. I don't think we could can top that. This was an absolute delight. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for um, having me on, Brad. This has been so fun. I really appreciate yeah, it. This was awesome. And so everybody, Tinder comes out March 12th. Yeah. And you can pre-order it now. I don't know exactly when this will come out. It'll probably be before March. Sure. But um, links in the show notes, as always. Yeah. All right. And also you can find me on social media and stuff with at Beth Hetland, H-E-T-L-A-N-D, just one word. So. Um, awesome and yeah I'll I'll, I'll link all your stuff okay thanks so thanks pal yeah hey that's the whole point of this is to like spread the word (laughs) (laughs) this is not about me this is about you um tell everyone about my love of weezer (laughs) 
exactly. And hey, I yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> All right, thank you again. This is awesome. Thank you. And there we go. And that's an episode. Woo-hoo! This is fun. This is I great. hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy your break. Yes, and thank you. I hope you make it hope- to Friday successfully. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what is, it's only Tuesday, isn't it? Shit. I thought it was Wednesday. Fuck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. Right. It'll be all right. Um, and I guess I'll see you in April. Hell yeah, hopefully. my dude. Yes. Awesome. Cool. All right, Beth. All right. See you. Bye. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. You too. Bye. Once again, thank you to Beth Hetland for taking the time for going up to the list and all those things. Oh, so good. And yeah, I keep thinking, uh, and I really want to do these episodes of, um, I'll probably do them on Patreon. If like where it's a condensed episode, like six or seven questions and you can only pick one artist. Cause yeah, a Prince one would be really good. Um, so like the velvet underground and, um, Alice Coltrane, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, something we think about it. anyway, best book tender again, March 12th, pre-order it now, go to best website, look at all our stuff. Ah, there's just lots of cool stuff. Thank you all for listening. You know where to find me. Foxy Digitalis, all the social media, patreon.com slash Foxy Digitalis. You can, for three bucks a month, you can get these episodes early and you get the extended version with the exclusive Patreon section. And yeah, I think that's it. Until next week, just keep on listening to whatever the hell you want. <laughs>